Thanks for getting radioactive with me, Mike Z, my special guest, Art of Dying. Johnny, their singer. How are you, bud? Good, good. Thanks for calling in today. Glad we, glad we get to rap for a few. Totally, me too, man. <laughs> Wanted to go back in time to start things off here. We had met briefly, and I, believe me, I don't expect you to remember me, but it was at a really cool event and a concert that I'm sure that you did not forget. Going back to November of 2009 at the Avalon in Hollywood for the Deftones concert and the benefit for Chi Chang. Do you remember that oh, show? I totally remember that night, man, yeah. Absolutely. That was an epic show, man. They had all these guests coming out, like Half a System of a Down came out, and Mike Muir and, and Robert Trujillo jumped on stage and did some suicidal songs. That was a hell of a show. Yeah, it was a great moment, man. We were just there with our, our radio rep from Warner Brothers at the time, Cheryl Valentine. Yeah. And, yeah, and she took us out, and it was just like, you know, Deftones, such a huge band for me, you know, growing up and listening to those guys, just amazing. To see all those guests was absolutely incredible. I, I remember sitting with um, <laughs> a couple of guys I was sitting with um, Suicidal Tendencies. Is it Mike? Mike Muir? Yeah. <laughs> sitting with Mike and... Uh, and the bass player from Metallica. True, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. all hanging out. You know, and I didn't know who Mike was at the time, and they were they were making fun of me because I didn't recognize him, so they had a good laugh that I didn't know who Mike was. It's one of those nights where you're just hanging with your idols and, and having laughs, right? Yeah, and, and a hell of a concert. And, and you guys were barely just recording your first album at that point in time, right? We were in L.A. recording Vices and Virtues at that moment. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's play this little game. If you could go back in time, go back to that day and, and tap yourself on the shoulder, what are three things you would you would tell yourself having gone through everything that you've gone through over those years? That's a great question, man. I'm, all, I'm a firm believer in everything you do brings you to uh, your current moment. I really I try to apply this to everything I do and, and live life without regrets. So I think everything, you know, actually we were, just, we were just chatting about this the other day on our tour as a band. We were just talking about, man, you know, remember, like, we, Tavis and I were actually uh, in the front, and we were just hanging out all day, talking, getting philosophical, and we went through all the things that he did in his life to get him to meet me. And, you know, we went through a bunch of major, major uh, things that happened in his life, like meeting, uh, uh, he met, he got a call from uh, Gordy from Big Sugar and auditioned for... Thornley, and that led to, you know, just all these things kind of snowballed and make you who you are today. And that's that's kind of how I feel. So I, I, I don't really, I would never change anything that's happened. Anything you wish you knew back then that you know now? Yeah, man, knowledge is everything, right? So um, <laughs> I wish I would have recognized Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'll have to think about that one and maybe email you an answer in because I'm... Uh, <laughs> There's nothing popping in my mind right now. Okay. Although I'm on show six of six in a row here. Uh, where am I? In uh, Lubbock, Texas today. So we're, right. we're just grinding away. It's fun. Well, yeah, we got the new EP out and, and definitely got to talk about that. Nevermore. And, and is that really an Edgar Allan Poe reference? Are you, you a fan? Absolutely, man. I got into creative writing, I think, which is why I like writing, you know, songs and lyrics at a very early age. And Ed Brown Poe just was one of the first things that really attracted me. It was just really dark. And I, I, I like, you know, the era he came from and how he was really a badass, you know, yeah. <laughs> he was just like writing these crazy 
been fantastical stories that have aged really, really well, and then they're all just really cool, cool stories. So yeah, and and, and that's kind of why we included in the Raven in a lot of our artwork and a lot of our videos. We hired a a Raven for two days to do the photo album cover of our license purchase record. So. That was kind of, all, all of those things were Edgar Allan Poe inspired. Naming this Nevermore just felt like a really, really great fit. Edgar Allan Poe was metal before there was metal. <laughs> right, yeah, he's he's the original metal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think EPs are the way of the future? Is that going to be the plan kind of moving forward, or is this just kind of for now? You know, we're independent now, so we can, we can make any choice we want, which feels really, really great. You know, we chose to put this EP out for this tour, based on the material we had together and the timing of the tour. I've talked to my manager since then about, you know, wouldn't it be great to release six songs every spring, you know, like just every year, constantly putting out new music. And we were talking about that as a band today as well. Like every tour you do to have a new group of songs for your fans and whether it's, you know, three or six or nine or 12 or or whatever, is kind of more on the situation and, and, you know, the budget and what, and the time frame. So, it's really cool to be able to make these choices, and we just had these exact six songs. You know, had the tour been pushed six months, we probably would have released 12. So we just put Nevermore together, really, for this tour. But we're so proud of the songs, and we can't, you know, the, the reaction from the fans and from even critics has just been really, really warm. So we're just, we're stoked. Okay, cool. So not necessarily ruling out an, an album in the future, just kind of EP for now and, and see where it takes you, kind of a, as a philosophy. Yeah, I mean, I could I could go different directions on that with, you know, when we were with 11.7, they dropped an EP early, and then we included those songs on a full length later in the year. And that wasn't really the worst thing that ever happened. Although, you know, I didn't always understand that mentality, because to me, once the music's out there, it almost feels better to move on to... To, to more new music. So I don't know, from a fan's perspective or your perspective, what would you prefer? Would you prefer six songs every 12 months or would you prefer a full body of 12 songs every 24 months? I don't know. I think the EP is kind of the way to go. I like I like what you're saying as far as like if you could put out an EP every 12 months, I, I think that that would be, if I was a musician, that's probably the way I would go This in, in this day and age where, you know, album sales aren't what they used to be and everything. So put out a couple songs, give give reason, you know, to, to listen to you guys and then to go along with the tour and hear some new songs on the tour. I, I think it makes perfect sense. I think a lot more bands are going to start doing EPs. Yeah, I think so too, man. And like you said, it, times are changing and, it, you know, to, to go make a record, which we're, you know, we're so proud to be had the opportunity to make Vices and to make Rise Up. But those records took two, three months in the studio and then a year, year and a half in production and post-production it's a long wait for people when really you can turn around six songs in a reasonable amount of time. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited about new music all the time. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about some of the, the tunes on the new album. What can you tell me about the tune Torn Down? Yeah, man, that happens to be the first single. We felt it just had that spark. Once you get a group of songs together and you listen back and you're, that's the one, you know. Torn Down was really continues on in really in the art of dying, you know, in our world of trying to overcome adversity. Die Trying was a big song for us, uh, Get Through This as well, and even Rise Up and kind of just carrying that torch of, you know, if there's someone out there or something out there that's holding you back, hopefully you can find the strength to get through that moment. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a sad story because it was inspired by a couple of younger kids that were 
cyberbullied online. And there was one girl in particular, Amanda Todd, who lived in my community in Vancouver, who succumbed to her um, to her attacker, I guess, you know, and ended up taking her own life, mm-hmm. um, but making a very poignant YouTube video that she put out before. And and I saw that video and, you know, it really touched my heart. It really made me bleed for her. And that led, you know, the idea of these lyrics of, you know, I'm sick of being torn down and getting back up and hopefully I can be stronger. And in her case, you know, I think she can teach other people that they can be stronger. And I hope that song gives them the strength to be, to get through it. Wow, man. I love it. Love it. Great, great tune as well. What can you tell me about the tune? Although it's probably a lot of the same kind of philosophy, but all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, Thomas and I were in Nashville writing with some really good friends there. It was much like a tour environment where we were full, you know, 10 out of 10 mode of Nashville partying and running into old friends and not getting much sleep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but still trying to make our early morning writing session and it really just came out we were you know we were feeling in our music career and just our lives and our relationships that we were you know near the edge of making huge decisions and you know whenever you make a decision in your life it is kind of all or nothing people that know me very well from the inside circle know that i'm a very all or nothing person you know even addiction or any sort of even just normal life stuff i'm full on when i decide to do something or if I decide not to do that, I'm full off. So it's kind of, uh, I guess it's autobiographical in, in some sense. Okay, that makes sense. Like, you, once you pick a lane, you're, you're going down it. Like, if you were going to get into basket weaving, you'd be the best basket weaver in the world if you decided to do the that. best damn basket <laughs> weaver in the world. <laughs> or I would die trying to. There you go. <laughs> And you had already kind of mentioned it, but talking about the tour going on now, and, and of course, we get you this coming Saturday at Malone's in Santa Ana, and uh, talk about the other bands on the tour. Yeah, you know, we're really excited about these bands. We brought out Children 18.3, which are now becoming good friends of ours, and this band called Letters from the Fire that uh, actually just released their first full-length record. So those guys are stoked, and we've been cranking their album in our tour vehicle and just having fun listening to them. And, you know, it's a great... It's a, it's a great group of bands because nobody sounds like the other band. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you go to a concert and you've got a bunch of bands that are very similar, which can be fun too, but we're all very different. You know, Alexa, she's the female vocalist for Letters, and the guys in Children 18.3 are actually a Christian rock band, which is interesting for us. First time we've gone out with, with someone on that path. <laughs> so it's just bringing a bunch of different worlds together, you know? And that's cool. That's what it's all about. It's an experience. I always hear musicians talk about, you know, it's not the hour on stage, it's the other 23 hours of the day that you got to pay me to, to go on the road. What do you do to kill time out, out on the road? It's funny, man. This tour, we've said it every single day of the tour, where we don't have any time to do anything at all and that's just been the truth of this tour but normally in the past we play a lot of poker so we'll look for a casino Ah. and we will go sit quietly and enter you know like a 14-hour tournament and try and take down the money so (laughs) like a hold'em tournament oh yeah we're all hold'em players we got a day off in Vegas coming up. We're going to be getting in a couple tournaments uh, in a casino. And we also love just doing uh, what we call fivers in the van. You know, we'll just play cards amongst ourselves and rack up massive debts against each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So do you go in with, like, the sunglasses on and everything in the tournament, the hat tucked down low? Like, Oh, yeah. Have you taken down any of those big guys in a tournament? We've all won a tournament in Vegas, which is kind of a bucket list thing. So we've all got our little number one award that we've taken down. The biggest one I've played in was the WSP um, 
last year. It's a smaller buy-in. It's like 500 bucks. It wasn't a crazy tournament. But I ended up playing with the host and voice of the World Series of Poker, um, whose name is escaping me at this very moment. But you know the guy I'm talking about. The young guy or the so older was, guy? <laughs> the older the older cat. Okay, okay, cool. So yeah, I went out at his table. I was pretty choked. And I think Sully Erna is a big poker player, too, from Godsmack. Yeah, we, we haven't played with Godsmack. Yeah, I have no doubt that we would destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. And I know you're from Canada. Are you still living in Canada, or have you moved to the States yet? Or No, home is Vancouver for me, just, just north of Seattle. Okay, cool. And then are you excited for hockey coming up here? You've got to be a Canucks fan, right? Yeah, you know, uh, Kale and Cody in the band are both huge Blue Jays fans, so we're actually listening to the ninth inning right now. I probably, <laughs> I'm going to find out when I go back in if they, if they just lost to Boston or not. So we're on the edge of our chairs for this uh, World Series in Toronto. Um, and then, yeah, I'll get back into hockey as soon as it starts up. You know, the Vancouver Canucks, obviously, my team, and I grew up watching the Edmonton Oilers. So being Canadian, you just, that's it. You're a hockey fan from birth on, right? Yeah, aren't you born with skates and a stick in your hand? Exactly. <laughs> and the unlucky, unlucky guy, a whistle. <laughs> hey, it's on my bucket list to one day go to Canada and, and born and raised in California. If I ever get the chance, where would you recommend I go? I would go to Montreal and have poutine. Okay. <laughs> um, and go to the strippers. That is Montreal in a nutshell, and it's a beautiful place. Okay. Um, you have to go to Toronto because it's one of the most amazing cities for cultural diversity, food, different neighborhoods. You feel like all of a sudden you're in a different world. And, you know, there's, it's the fourth largest city in, in North America. I mean, just behind New York, L.A., Chicago. Oh, wow. It's a big, big city. And in Vancouver, if you're into chilling, you know, and seeing the mountains and going for a kayak in the ocean, like it's very outdoorsy. You know, we're a couple million in Vancouver, so it's not massive, but it's it's kind of that place where you can hide away and just enjoy some. It's got an amazing culinary scene. You know, like I'm I'm a huge foodie, and uh, I make my own hot sauce, and you know, it's just kind of a, a side thing that I do when I'm home. When I'm not playing music, I'm I'm in the kitchen making hot sauce. So that's kind of my Vancouver trip. Have you started bottling in the hot sauce yet? Yeah, man, you can go to, actually I sell it online everywhere in the world. So you go to johnnyheatheringtonessentials.com and uh, really crazy, you know, flavors. I make a a pineapple habanero, a peach habanero, and a beet habanero, which is really kind of, uh, I think it's the world's first, to be honest, first beet habanero sauce. Mm. They're really really good, yeah. I'll have to check that out, man. Love me some Mexican food in in California. You basically are in Mexico and there's Mexican food on every corner. Dude, I drown my tacos and I drown my uh, burritos, and it's, it's just that's why I made it, you know, to have something that was all natural without any junk in it because I eat so much of it. <laughs> I don't want the bad stuff. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the time, Johnny, and the killer tunes, and uh, great talking to you, man. You too, man. Anytime, brother. Keep in touch. We'll do, man. Have a good one.